This is a conversation with Sahar, and I should say that I've, I've met Sahar in passing um, and, and known of her work from afar. So the conversation tonight is an opportunity for me to learn more about her art. And, and uh, I saw her work first at the Queen's Museum, I think it was about a year ago, and then I saw her show at Momenta this summer. I think it was this summer, and I was really impressed both times. So I'm very happy to have the opportunity to see this show and to speak to Sahar. Thank you. Um, I was really struck initially by the title of the show, the show at Momenta and the show here, Jihad Pop, mm -hmm. because of course here, well, first of all, there's such disparate terms and and such an unusual and unexpected combination. So, and also, of course, here, especially after 9-11, jihad has such really strong, I think, negative connotations. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering how you came to title the show Jihad Pop, what, what that term means to you. Obviously, mm -hmm. you've used it twice, and so I'm very okay. curious about that. Well, um, thank you again, everyone, for coming. Um, the work uh, for me... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, is it not protecting? No, no problem. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, the work for me started um, a number of years ago uh, in a series of conversations and dialogues that took place with uh, both uh, myself, my extended family, and my, my husband's family in Delhi. Um, these series of conversations took place from New York to Lahore to Delhi over a number of years. And I started working on a series of study drawings and print series um, in the midst of this, um, not with any real uh, sort of ending point in mind, but something that was very much intuitive, um, sort of gravitating towards certain um, geometries and forms. Uh, certain architectural spaces, and really trying to almost map out a personal history for myself. Um, and it was very intuitive heavy. So initially it was also a very sort of uneasy trajectory to go through because I wasn't sure what the end result would be. But um, over a course of a number of years, I started investigating these forms, um, these ideas of different intersections. Now, why those three and cities? Those uh, well, the three cities, uh, New York, obviously, because I've been here for a number of years. Lahore is where my extended family is from. And Delhi is where my, my husband's family resides. So it, it sort of uh, it went from certain dialogues here with myself <coughs> and my husband to opening it up to um, a series of dialogues and debates with my extended family. Um, but that was sort of the very the, the private part of, of the work, um, and that led up to developing a language um, of forms and systems where I think after two, three years, um, the idea for Jihad Pop really started to sink in. And, and to answer the question in terms of uh, the usage of the two words, um, 
I was very skeptical initially about using the word jihad because of that negative connotation. Immediately it would get put into this very political realm. But at the same time, I wanted to use the word in conjunction with the idea of pop imagery, pop culture, uh, not just for the influences that I had for graffiti and stencil art and animation, but also to sort of open it up to the idea of media imagery that was coming at me. So the idea of jihad really meant sort of self-analysis or um, could even look at it like a spiritual quest, but it was really a way to open up and analyze yourself in, in a very reductive, associative format. And that's really the two, uh, the way the two words came together. So actually the genesis of the, the series was very personal. Um, I, I don't think it would be any personal for me because it not only talks about, uh, because it is so intuitive heavy as well, it has a very specific meaning for me in terms of a certain love of courtyard spaces, certain universal forms that I was gravitating towards. And it really was a way to, especially with the, the way the debates and dialogues were going, to almost uh, deconstruct and then reconstruct for myself certain associations I wanted to make. So it, it is very, uh, very personal. So when we look around the gallery, and I saw many of you look, had a chance to look at the show before the conversation, there seem to be several bodies of work, and I'm just wondering if you could speak about the different series that are on view here. There are the lar obviously the large drawings, right. and then there are the, the print series. It looks like there are three different print series? Right. There and then a series of smaller drawings on the back wall. Mm -hmm. are, um, are they all part of, I mean, what's the relationship between the various bodies of work? Well, I mean, in a way, um, the underlying basis for all the work is always the hand drawing. That instigates and informs not only the digital prints, but also the studies for the digital prints and, of course, the smaller, the smaller works. Um, I, the, the process, I guess, for working would be that by the time I came to the, basically chronologically a little bit as well because it helps me talk about the work, um, the, f the first two drawings where I had the process reach a certain language and, and style that I was comfortable in working with uh, sort of goes from the first one to the second. The one behind us is the third and the one across from the entrance doors is, is the stopping point. And the drawings were really a way to explore the forms without any um, representative image in terms of where the prints really were talking about particular spaces that I had visited. And even though they're very different because one is purely hand drawing, one is digital, um, the connectivity point is always uh, the underlying basis is always the, the hand drawing. And it's a way to, to work from the large scale drawings to go into a smaller format, like the digital series is more of a study, and then go back to the larger drawing. So also in the imagery of the prints and the way that I work is also a lot of 
pulling back and forth from different processes and different imagery. So a lot of the images tend to repeat themselves. Um, there'll be different permutations of that image, but it's always a way to sort of go back and forth um, to investigate the same, the same uh, forms and sets of information. Well, one of the most striking things, <laughs> I think, about the large drawings is the sheer scale and the um, detailed attention to, well, just the lines and the sheer number of lines and, and the uniformity of lines. And then the mixture of the geometry, the architecture, and the ornamentation. Mm -hmm. And so I was curious <coughs> to know what your process is if you start with, I mean, you're, you have your large piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you made drawings beforehand, kind of studies, or do you, I mean, if, if you were standing with this piece of paper, where would you mm -hmm. start? How, how, does, a, how does, does that beautiful, finished, detailed drawing begin? Well, that actually is part of the process that, that took a certain amount of trial and error to develop. And I don't like working with a, with a preconceived uh, image or sketch in mind that basically then gets enlarged to a certain format or size. Um, it's in fact the process of drawing uh, and the way that I actually do do the drawing that is part of the, the investigation and, and really the, the fun of the drawing for me. Um, I initially started the study drawings as um, the scale was similar, but they were sort of done as panel works where I would uh, remove a certain fragment of the drawing work on it in a certain amount of detail and then insert it back into the hole. And it became problematic in terms of sort of switching back and forth between the idea of the whole and the, and the one part. Or the this piece. is how you initially? This is how I initially started. Mm -hmm. And I then started to work on singular sheets and developed a process where I could physically sit in the drawing, I have a little paper mat, I, I sit so in the drawing space. So you put the paper space. on the floor? The paper basically is on the floor um, and it's, it's almost like a scroll scenario where the roll of paper opens up. I can sit physically in the, in the space of the paper and I can then work in a much more organic way where the drawing really develops itself and I can sort of move back and forth between detail and, and pushing away from the perspective in a very different, different uh, format. And that also has been, you know, definitely the idea of not working with a sketch was, was important because I try to, if I make a mistake in the drawing, and by mistake it's if, if an idea basically has developed with a different geometry, I, I don't erase anything or I don't try and go back, it's sort of layered on top, which is also part of the, the investigation of the, of the drawing and the forms. So it's a very organic process. So you're sitting on the floor on your paper mat with this piece of paper, but you have this vocabulary of forms in your mind. I, I do, and that, that definitely took um, a number of studies, a number of works to get to. So by the time I came to this first drawing, uh, the language had been established a little bit for me mm -hmm. in terms of uh, 
the studies that had taken place before were to develop that formal language. Why the questions of why am I gravitating towards these forms? What do these forms mean to me? Really got established prior to this work. And by the time I was comfortable with working this way, um, the drawing sort of started to, to develop on, the, on their own that way. So. Do you remember where you started? It's, uh, it's always a little hard to remember, but I mean, with this one I know exactly where I started in that one because the idea of foreground and background gets established at the start. But with that one, I probably started um, with the idea of the circular, um, the lotus petal and then the flower within that with the calligraphy. And I think oh, then it sort of oh, that's took form. So you didn't start with the architectural form, you started with it? No, I, not with that one. Uh -huh. But by the time I would continued and progressed to these two, the architecture had certainly, I had to define certain space for myself before I could continue the work. Now this one seems very different from, from this because it has a, you're looking down, an aerial perspective, you're right. looking down and, um, and, and I think it's the only one in this series, at least on view here, where, mm -hmm. with that aerial perspective. But you mentioned this is the first, so can you describe this progression as you were? Um, well, I mean for me it's, it's not so much um, that this drawing is trying to do one particular thing. Yes, this is an aerial view, but then it also becomes about a progression that I've done this aerial view where I'm looking at a particular landscape or a particular space. Um, and after finishing that, I immediately wanted to go into a space or an interior environment. And from that view, I then focused on one, the singular sort of central courtyard space with the, the idea of a mausoleum in the center. And by the end of that drawing, I wanted to pull myself out of that and work in a much larger courtyard space. But the drawing, which I thought was an interesting stopping point, is the one that's across the entrance doors where it, it sort of, it takes the aerial view, but it also takes the interior view mm -hmm. and collapses perspectives and really takes the idea of ornamentation and surface patterns and really tries to incorporate the three different or the two different segments <coughs> from here. So each drawing in these three does have a specific viewpoint, but it also, I guess, is, is part of a, a progression where I'm moving from aerial to interior and then I've moved back and collapsed certain perspectives. Well, I know you trained as um, an architect, or mm -hmm. is, that, is that? I did. At RISD? At RISD. But you also studied fine arts. I've, uh, I went to LaGuardia. I've been drawing since I was a child, and I've had this great love of architecture at a young age. I, I had the luxury of having parents who traveled a lot, um, and I got to see very different types of architecture growing up in Brussels and then being able to travel back to Lahore. But I think that I always approach architecture from the drawing onwards as opposed to the built construction. Well, I was wondering if you had actually it's, wanted to be an architect and how you, you know, if you were trained as an architect and decided to become an artist or exactly how. I, you know, I feel that in, 
I think your, your college education gives you a certain parameter to work with and you have a great level of freedom to, to associate with. But I always feel that I was drawing first and then I was an architect. But I feel closer to architecture in this body of work than I was working you know, as a sort of a, in, in construction or in actual reality-based spaces. So I feel that there's, I can explore much more. Um, I, I can sort of open up uh, different influences and architecture types in the drawing. So I feel I've always been doing this and then maybe I had a temporary lapse and then I came back. But I feel that I've always been working on, on this uh, series of, of drawings. So I know you've traveled and that as an architect, you have a great interest in particular buildings. And I'm wondering if you could talk about some of the buildings that have influenced this particular body of work, kind of perhaps mm -hmm. vestiges of architecture yeah. that appear. Okay. Um, well, I, uh, I was born in Pakistan. And at an early age, I, I went to London. And then I was in uh, Belgium for a number of years before going back to Pakistan and coming here. And again, uh, with my parents traveling, I got to experience a lot of different architectural styles uh, from, from Belgium, which had very uh, sort of high Gothic architecture mm -hmm. to art, uh, art Deco, um, sort of traveling around Europe as well, going back to Lahore and really experiencing uh, not just Mughal architecture, but also the idea of uh, Punjabi Baroque uh, which is a sort of mismatch, not, well, not in a negative way, but as this own sort of crazy, um, I guess, uh, association meeting. <laughs> I actually, I really love that term, uh, but at the same time then coming back, and I remember just in terms of the distance, being able to drive from Brussels and going to Cordoba and seeing the Alhambra, especially, was a really, it was, this was a shift. When you're a child and you're experiencing different styles, if that's what you're gravitating towards, I think that was really one point where things really shifted because it was, you know, I could drive three hours and get to, to Germany or I could go to Austria. And mm. the architectural styles were, were similar and yet they were still transformed. But with the Alhambra, it was, it was also, I think, the first time where I really experienced a courtyard space um, with, you know, with the ideas of light and shadow, and um, and the centrality, the architecture, the ornamentation, and oh, of course, I'm speaking about this now, looking back. Um, I was probably about ten at that time, so it was also um, really looking at these different elements, and I have a great love of courtyard spaces for their. Uh, sort of opening up of public and private uh, ideas. So that's really uh, incorporating, incorporating a lot of uh, different elements from, from those travels early on. Well, there are also yeah. a number of, I mean, uh, one of the things that attracted me to your work was um, my love of minimal art. And so when I looked at these, your drawings, I, I saw very, you know, your, your basic, cube and, mm -hmm. well, the cross form, the rectangle. Mm -hmm. But I realized that they had different cultural meanings in your work. 
and at least I thought because mm -hmm. and I and I'm just wondering if you could speak a bit about recurring motifs that appear in the drawings, such mm -hmm. as the the cross, the casket, right. and the cube and um, and some of and the lotus foot kind of floral mm -hmm. motif. Uh, well, that I think when I when I started um, developing the language, I definitely was gravitating uh, to the idea of reducing and reductivism, where I could take a certain form and also not imply but really have a free association with that. So the cube for me initially did start out with ideas of the Kaaba where it's a basic cube universal form that has different associations depending on who's viewing it and some people architects have looked at it like a purely geometric form I've had people who have associated it with the Kaaba especially when one of the drawings has that title reference um, uh, the, the cross basically is is not um, Christian form, but it is in architecture basically in plan. If you take a cube and it unfolds, it then becomes a, a cross form. And that was also really transforming forms, opening them up, closing them back. And it was on one of the travels that I had seen um, this uh, sort of statue with the lotus petals around it. It was a really organic form that um, you know, had the circular geometry to it. And I found it a way to sort of really start developing the landscape through the, to the lotus. And it was also a way to, to move through the drawing, to create the surface, to create the environment with some, with a sense of, um, I guess, uh, an organic sense that would actually go through the architecture that would also then allow me to take certain forms and at one point they're a solid and certain points they then sort of completely disperse or disappear and then regenerate either into text or uh, into smoke or actually into other forms and it was that idea of shifting things back and forth which is also the way that I've started working with a lot of the images that was also um, critical with trying to develop these symbols and icons. Yeah, there's a really interesting tension between the illusion of volume and then the, there's, then you're brought back to the surface and there's this constant, mm -hmm. it's sort of, it's almost Hoffman-esque in this yeah. push-pull, but it's, but it's done through, I think, ornamentation and then this illusion of, of uh, volume. And, and then the am I love the ambiguity, the way the ornamentation could look as though you're looking into the distance, but mm -hmm. it could also be completely flat and be like, be screen-like. Right. Um, and then there's also the presence of these vectors, these dotted lines, mm -hmm. and maybe some of these planes, which seem to be almost invisible forces that animate the entire space of the drawing. And, uh, and I've been very curious about those, mm -hmm. wondering, and I, I think that part of, I mean, there are definitely specifics I can, I can talk about, but it was also the idea of 
the drawing as the spectacle, as this is something that's unfolding. I was very interested in, in not just creating an architectural perspective, that this is the space and it's static. I wanted to really explore ways of moving through the space where you would take ideas from these symbols and icons and start really projecting a sense of movement and collapse and intersection and relationship to the built work in the drawing. And I found that certain dotted lines and, and certain line weights um, really could help that, that movement as well. And it was also a point of reference. I'm going to take this, I'm going to move it to the back of the space, and I'm going to pull itself out. But by then, it's transformed itself into these single planes. Or, and then not necessarily are solid, but you can read them on these multiple levels as well. But that was also a way of taking the idea of ornamentation in Islamic art, which, which I found very interesting in terms of you could have a very, very simple plan and geometry, but yet by use of ornamentation or carvings, you could really activate that space. But I think I was very interested in the idea of also architecture, not just as a, as a pure perspective, but something that I could really instigate and really work with, with different elements sort of coming through the space. And though that was part of the vocabulary and, and language that I, that I tried to and started to develop with this. One of the most amazing things is the sheer craft of, of the drawings. And I'm wondering how, because I, I, it's a, a kind of silly question, but how long does it take you to do a drawing? And do you work on several at once, or do you devote your attention solely to one at a time? Uh, it has to be one at a time. And there's a certain amount of rigor that I've come to work with where um, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll work on it for about eight to 10 hours or a certain amount of time, but I will do it every day till the, I feel that the drawing is sort of reaching a stopping point. Um, but it's with that rigor and also with working on it in that way that I can develop, I can sort of make the mistakes that have to happen. And it doesn't mean that, oh, on the days that I feel that maybe I can develop this, I'll work on it. But that's really the, the fun part, again, of, of the drawing for me. That it's sort of, I don't know what it's going to be at the end of it. With certain things, I'll know that, okay, this will, I'll be here in this particular space. But I won't know how I'm going to get there and what other interactions I'm going to meet along the way. And how do you so, know when they're done? I just, uh, you know, I'll work on it for about a month and a half, two months, and then uh, it's that gut feeling or, you know, you just, you just sort of know when it's coming to a stopping point. Now, as a prince, um, which are so striking for their black and white, this very strong graphic quality. Could you comment about the different series? Mm -hmm. uh, well, this... This uh, one is very figurative, and so it's... This one I, I thought would be an interesting um, work to put in context with the rest of the, the drawings and the prints. Uh, because it is figurative, it had to do with particular spaces I had visited, and, and I was really trying to work with the theme of um, 
nostalgia and childhood and memory of particular courtyard spaces. And I thought this was an interesting departure to show because it didn't deal with just pure geometry. It, it was really more playful um, with its use of uh, just stencil art and graffiti. And it really was a point of intersection for a number of different styles. And that was, this is one of the princes from about six or seven others, which sort of got developed after the first one, uh, which was called Just Jihad Pop, which I worked on very early on, um, that used media images, again, hand drawings, uh, stencils, and then from that, uh, it broke into five different series that one was childhood and nostalgia, the other one again was geometric forms, and one was talking about cities. So this, the digital print for me was a way to work through images in a very different way. The, the time is also very different, the process about layering images. How is do you, what is the process of making these? Well, the work does accumulate um, digitally. It's done with uh, digital formats like Illustrator or Photoshop, but I always sort of take pieces from the hand drawing and then layer it with different sets of information. Um, and it was also a way for me to actually keep a library of travel imagery and photographs, manipulate them, um, either draw them by hand or take them, digitally manipulate them, and then process them into the actual finished image. So it's a very different process from working with the sort of the, the rigor of the, the hand drawing. So um, with the, the series in the far, far back wall, uh, that was really taking pieces again from the hand drawing, and I found a way to it took me a while to get comfortable with the idea of using ornamentation. I thought, okay, floral ornamentation or Islamic patterns could be a way to just make the surface pretty and activate it in this very floral, you know, florid way. And with that one, I really wanted to, I had introduced the figure also in that one, mm -hmm. which was a point of departure. And I really wanted to work with two opposing sets of information. Like, um, you reduce it, but yet at the same time, there's an idea of maximizing it as well. And there's certain opposing forms that take place, the idea of public and private, uh, family versus these sort of overlaying geographies or landscapes, and then the idea of reducing or reductivism versus, I guess the word would be also maximalism or maximizing the idea of ornamentation at the same time. And it was that tension between the, the opposites that I was really enjoying uh, working with. That's sort of where um, the print series took off from. I mean, you use the word nostalgia with this series, which is the one that reminds me most of photographs, which of course mm -hmm. make you think of family albums and right. you know, that sense of the past preserved somehow in, you know, for your delectation at, you know, a later date. Um, and I suppose we could, I mean, do you want to ask, should we open it up for, does um, anyone have questions about things yet? Yeah, yeah, Maggie?
They're either just purely outline or they get a very minimal amount of detail to them. But it was using them more as the symbol or icon that, that is so heavy in miniature, Islamic miniatures, that I didn't want to use it in this sort of exoticized way, but I wanted to really, again, strip it down to its shape, uh, to its sort of, uh, to its form and use it in this idea of ornamentation. Um, but that was a point of departure where I, I stayed away from figurative representation. I really just wanted to purely use forms and geometries. But that was an interesting way to go because I could incorporate different sets. Like I was saying about the perspectives collapsing, I could inhabit certain interior spaces and in the same drawing also really pull back and look at things from an aerial viewpoint. And that figure, I think it was really working towards a process as well, where one drawing will then lead to a print series, it'll inform another drawing, and it was sort of the stopping point for this series of work, where I sort of combined all the elements uh, together. A number of courtyards um, that I saw that, that had that severity and then but when you go inside it's this amazing play of light and shadow and sort of public and private and it really opens up and I actually recently went um, to the Wazir Khan mosque in Lahore where the interior was just activated by not just color because a lot of the mosque, mosque formats have this shadow and light play but it was actually one of the more interesting courtyards I've seen because it's activated by this incredible sense of color. But the periphery of that mosque to enter into, you're going through markets, you're going through a very urban street landscape, and then you get inside, and the minute you're inside, it's a completely different environment. And it's that, again, it's that play of, of opposites that I perhaps, that's why I'm gravitating towards really going to the detail, then pulling back out, and... Yeah, it sounds like, I mean. actually, like the experience of your work, where there's a progression through a series of spaces, and then you mm -hmm. kind of, where the, the sense of a processional, or a sense of a sequence is, you know, the cinematic right. aspect of the work. Right. is very it's similar to what Maggie right. is yeah. And it's never um, a, a linear procession. It's, it, it's always, you know, it'll sort of, go off to the side and then come back with another set of information and sort of really rambles and sort of meanders in a number of ways. And I always wonder, do I speak about my work that way as well, that it's kind of going all over the place and no one's really getting it. But at the same time, it, it really does come back with very specific ideas and they're very specific things I am interested in. Um, but they take on different trajectories in this, in this body of work. Um, but that is something that I can only look at now and sort of look at this progression because when I first started, I really was wondering, well, why am I gravitating towards this 
what's going on, why am I going back and forth? But I think it's after a certain amount of rigor, a certain amount of work, um, in terms of exploring different aspects of it, that you can sort of come back and, and try and understand where you've gone and what you've exactly done with the work. So that's been a really great thing to have, have the work here and just really try and see what the, the progression has really been. Right. Because otherwise so, you're too close to it. You're literally in it and it's hard to... Well, I'm literally in it. I'm literally on it, in fact. And it's, um, no, this, yeah, you know, it's, it's good. Um, thank you. This is actually really fascinating. I haven't looked at your work in a while. I'm sitting here and staring at it. drawn to certain symbols um, and not necessarily from religious texts but uh, certain symbols and icons like the Islamic courtyard. But the first symbol because of its sort of ultimate nature was the idea of the Kaaba and the reason I gravitated towards that is because it was such a pure geometric form. Not just in terms of its actual massing but also the way in which people associate and, and have the interaction that it's, it's the, the square with the circle. And I, I think I would be very nervous to talk about it in terms of it has this spiritual significance for me, but I took it more as again, reducing it to its universal form and its universal geometry to really situate that in particular landscapes, to use it as a symbol or an icon, and really try to open it to more universal connections. And the first one definitely was called Kaaba three because it was a certain amount of studies that had come before that. And then I sort of developed a black cube series that started looking at the idea of the cube in, in different viewpoints, in different permutations. Um, again, it could incorporate certain ideas of ornamentation in that. And I, I think it was, it was definitely trying to deal with this very strong icon that was coming out of Islam. And I, I think I, I would be very hesitant to talk about it in a, in a religious way because that's not the 
the development of where that form came out from for me that could have universal um, associations. And that's also where the, the idea of then the cube opening up and it opens up into either organic forms that then gets transformed. So it's sort of a, a point of reference from which different things can work through, um, if that makes sense. My question is, the time when you grew up in, in Belgium, and um, part of these almost saw the Richard floods exploding clouds. I don't know if you know those drawings from hundreds of years ago. I mean, I think one of the things I really hate is this, uh, this term, which I've, I've read over the course of a few years, is East has met West, or West, yeah. and, you know. And, it's, and for me, um, when I was in this uh, previous exhibition, uh, Generation 1.5, I, I don't separate it. It's yeah. extremely problematic for me to say, well, these are my Eastern things, and these are my Western things because growing up, um, all it's all interconnected, and I don't feel that I've met the West, or the West hasn't yeah. come to me in a particular way. Yeah. But in terms of how I visually look at things, I, I have lived in New York for a number of years. I was in Belgium before that. So I definitely, I'm very conscious that if I look at a particular image, mm -hmm. then, well, how am I looking at it? Am I looking at it First of all, as an architect, and I'm looking at it, you know, in terms so you're, you're of spatial. Hats, so to speak. Right. I mean, yeah. you could you could say it. Yeah, your your different hats. It's the ability way. to have to have as um, different points of view simultaneously, mm -hmm. or to understand to come at something from at least two different points of view as a right. one point fiber. Right. Uh, and yeah. that has been really uh, great. I mean, I think that's why. To answer your question, yes, I, I think Western architecture, because I, I grew up in Brussels, yeah. which actually the city has a court, well, sort of a courtyard as its center with the Grand Place in the middle. And I, I have picked up so many influences on the way that it's just essentially problematic to try and separate it. The, um, the word of universal seems to have kind of positivist connotations, yet the work has a really dark underside to it, from the smoke to the explosions to the kind of uh, overwhelming drama. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about the darkness in either political or psychological. I think the idea for in terms of the idea of, of darkness or something that is transforming and is changing and something that is in flux. Um, I think that that was something I was very interested in developing in the drawings and the idea of nostalgia that then gets projected not only just into science fiction but also really trying to explore utopian drawings. When you are talking about universal forms, I thought, okay, I'm talking to a different set of people who are going to come at this geometry with their own personal baggage. 
So what it may mean for me is going to change for someone else. And I really wanted to explore something that had not just sort of a, a one-off meaning that this is my influence, this is my architecture, this is my space, but it's something that I could have other people look at certain forms and really bring in their own set of ideas and, and thoughts to it. But I think in terms of the idea of it being dark, I, I never really looked at it like that. I think I always saw it as, yes, I'm, I'm using the idea of, of reductivism. I'm, I'm really stripping things away. But I felt like I was always stripping things away to really construct them again and construct them with either new associations or, or things that I had developed and experienced in childhood and, and really have it sort of be an ongoing process. Um, the explosions, I think, and, and sort of the, the smoke where things disintegrate was, I think, the idea where it just doesn't disintegrate and stays as, as almost like a blank slate, but it always regenerates or reformats itself and, and reorganizes itself in different means. And I think the reason now looking at, at the work, I was really gravitating to the mausoleums where um, I was looking at this idea of, of especially with m the media-heavy images of, of processions with funerals, and, and death sort of started becoming the symbol by itself, that death is a form of struggle in these processions. And, and it's, a, it's a very stripping away way to look at it, but it was done with a very positive look that this will ha happen or this set of information will be there but it will sort of recreate itself and still be in flux. Transformative. So, or transformative, yeah. I guess would be a, a better word, yeah. Simple question. Um, I guess in your, this kind of follows a question before. I'm addressing your use of color, black on white or white on black and a little bit of color vest. Yeah. How do you go about that? I've been asked that a number of times, and uh, I think with the drawings, um, I really, I think I was very intent on really stripping things down and keeping it minimum in terms of the material. But at the same time, there is this play of really maximizing the composition and maximizing the level of detail that gets put in the work. And I really love the the simplicity of just the graphite on paper. I wasn't even interested in sort of adding that extra layer of color or color washes because I felt it would really, the language just wouldn't work with, with the way that I was developing the, the forms. And it felt like almost a veneer that, that I would put on the work. Where this, some people have referred to it, well, are they underlays or are they, works to create something, but they're really done as stripping away and, and creating that, that simplicity with the material. But that allows me to explore, you know, different compositional um, thoughts. With, with, the, um, with the print series, again, this is probably the print series where I've introduced the most amount of color. And it isn't something where I like everything black and white, although set of work might say otherwise, is I, I really wanted to use that idea of reductivism. And lack of color 
wasn't, um, was intentional, but it was to really strip things down to their, to their essence. So here you mentioned the drawing across from the doorway is, is a, mm -hmm. the end, the last drawing of this series. Mm -hmm. um, seems to be taking you somewhere else. And I'm just wondering where you see yourself going next. I, you know, I have been talking about this for, for a while and that drawing was um, a good stopping point for this body of work because of its intersection of those different types. But I would really love to develop a process um, because the process right now is very different in terms of sitting on the ground and working on the, on, on the, on the paper to develop a way where I could actually start to remove the frame um, and not have it be a defined edge hmm. on either side but really start to have the drawing inform the architecture of the space. Hmm. And drawing as installation, although that is so broad right now, is definitely um, where I'd really love to see where the process can really investigate built spaces and, and how that would intersect. Hmm. So that's sort of generally what I'm thinking about. Challenging, <laughs> maybe. Well, it, it depends on how the process gets um, thought out. So. The work behind you seems to have strong foundation to realize. Could you speak to that and also could you just give us some explanation of what that work is all about? Surrealism, I, I guess that would not, but well, maybe so. I don't know. Well, I think surrealism had. Um, this idea of free association, where free association could bring about a different set of thoughts. And there were the, the serialist games where you would write down particular things or you would draw something and unfold it to the next person. We would create a very different set of thoughts. And I think initially when I started, there was this idea that am I free associating mm. with different images? Okay, so I've gone here in my childhood, so why would I, you know, I think have it in conjunction with this other set of imagery? And I think the more I started to develop that, it was definitely done through a certain type of intuitive free association. And I wonder if that's also mm -hmm. the, the relationship to surrealist theories or in terms of any sort of other surrealist works, I, I, I don't think that was something that I was mm -hmm. really conscious of. But I, I was very interested in free association games, um, especially at RISD, because there are a number of ways to get out of the drawing with multiple sets of information coming through. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, in terms of the drawing and what this was about, uh, it, it came about through this progression where I wanted to really experience not just the central courtyard space with a single mausoleum, but something that really pulled back out and I would have these multiple, uh, I guess it would be multiple forms and sort of um, open it out to the landscape as well. It, it's, it's hard for me to really say that, well, this drawing is just about this. And it, I think it's almost like, um, I went to this space and I was looking down at it and I inhabited a space and then I pulled back out with this different different sets of information. And that's really what, what the drawing uh, the drawing is, is about for me. 
I really enjoyed looking and listening to what you say about how you use architecture and space. Um, I'm just curious about the title for this show. I, I think it's quite provocative. I don't know if this has already been spoken about, but I was drawn in because of the title. And I, when I saw these works at the opening, I thought about the current political climate and clearly the crisis in the Middle East and um, you know, graveyards and caskets. And I'm just curious if, um, following up the question on darkness and your answer about transformation and recreation, if you were consciously thinking about jihad and, you know, I'm just curious about the whole Taliban, Middle East, war in Iraq issue that is quite, I mean, it's quite present for me. It's the climate in which not only we're living in, but in terms of media images that are coming through, in terms of propaganda. It's, um, the conversation for me started in 2001, early on in the year. And of course, post 9-11 context really shifted. And that is why I was, I was very thoughtful in terms of using the word jihad, but I didn't and using pop with it as well in terms of media imagery. But jihad for me was really about self-analysis. It was really taking something where the word jihad was put out there in this political media sort of frenzy. And for me, I really wanted to take it to, to what it meant for me. And the work really fitted into that where I was sort of going back through these, mapping out personal histories, I was mapping out certain imagery, that also very much came out from that part of the world. And especially from the first series that I did, that was very directly taking media images and manipulating them, and then reinserting them back into an image format. And I, I was very conscious of that, but I don't I think it could also be that play where you are expecting something political, you're expecting, you know, like you're saying, you're talking about the Taliban or certain, you know, events that are taking place right now with, uh, with Iraq, with Afghanistan, um, with this administration, that I wanted to really also counter that, that it's also about a certain personal way to investigate things. And I use opposites in a lot of the work and I use certain things that I've experienced, and that is what really makes jihad pop for me. Um, so it's not really going towards the media propaganda side so much as personally investigating what that means to me. So. Okay. Thanks, Sahara. Thank you all thank for you. coming. Thanks. <laughs>